and welcome to Good to Know Shreveport-Bossier, a podcast showcasing the good things happening in our community. My name is Jeff Beinfor. This is Paul Reeser, former president of the uh, Reeser Group, the Sonic Management Company, and a member of the Committee of 100, where he's a board member. And every week, we're going to be focusing on economic development, community growth, and other topics about initiatives that are having a positive impact on our community. We'll have new episodes every other Wednesday, and you can find Good to Know wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, let me introduce our guest today. This is Dr. Jerome Cox. Thanks for being here, Dr. Pleasure, Cox. Sir. Absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you. And uh, man, you are into so many things, I can't even <laughs> read your bio. It's like a sheet long, single space. <laughs> it is remarkable. It, it really is. So kind of give us a rundown of- well, uh, I just, I mean, so I got to meet you. Yes, well, we've known each other for a while, but really to kind of find out about your background, I think the exciting thing is on our podcast, we have people that are bringing in large industries, you know, the, um, talk about the port and we talk about cyber command, but it's exciting to have a, a, a person that can just bring experience and hard work and start small businesses, but not just one. You have started a whole list of, of great businesses. So I guess let's talk about what you're doing now and kind of how you got there. Well, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I've been married for a long time, almost 35 years. I have my wife, Linda Precious. I have four sons. Mm. Um, and yours, I'm proud of those kids because they've all uh, been able to finish school. Uh, I come from humble beginnings. I really do, mm. humble beginnings. So um, well, blessed to have a mother who's um, 83 years old, Mary Cox. Love your mom. She's such a, <laughs> she's She'll such be watching. A, yeah, she's such a <laughs> gift. But um, yeah, we um, entrepreneurship was always a big part mm -hmm. of what we uh, wanted to do as we grew into business and one of the things um, uh, we were big on is serving. We had a chance to serve our community. I right. served in the uh, armed forces. Uh, I'm a United States Army uh, Airborne Ranger. I'm proud of that. A lot of hard work goes into that. But it taught me a lot about discipline and um, you know you get kind of hungry when you come from those meager beginnings that I have come from. I have mm. a, uh, seven brothers and one sister. Wow. Uh, we come from a single family home. It's uh, it's quite an interesting story, but um, well, when I when I people introduce you now, they say this is Dr. Cox. He owns St. Mark Hospice. Correct. And so you're you're in hospice. That's correct. And like, oh, he's a doctor, and you're so well spoken. It's hard to imagine that you came from, you know, a really really uh, poor background, poor beginning. Seven kids, seven or eight kids. It's eight kids, seven boys, mom, one girl, and one mom, single mom. Went to school hungry. Yes, sir. How did you decide to go from that to get into the Air Force? How did you, I mean, I'm sorry, the Army became a Ranger, highly decorated? Well, one of the things we were um, schooling, we knew education would always be uh, a key factor to trying to get out of poverty. It's, it's, it's an essential ingredient to that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course, my faith. You know, my mom is a very strong faith woman, so God was always huge. But yeah. we learned early on that we needed to get the schooling out. And so, uh, uh, you know, I got a chance to uh, go to Northwestern State University, uh, graduated there with an industrial technology uh, degree, uh, and uh, from there I joined the ROTC. We did that basically because we needed money for school, mm. and uh, and then of course I had what three jobs. And uh, I remember our sophomore year in college, I actually went to Airborne School, which is rarely really done. they wow. don't even do that anymore. But we were able to go during the summer and complete that training and came back and uh, so after I graduated um, uh, I really was interested in working in the um, contracting field. I uh, became a contractor and we were into mm -hmm. building bridges. 
Uh, and all of a sudden I get a letter in the mail saying, congratulations, you've been accepted to active duty. We'll see you in a few months. <laughs> so uh, I was young, yeah. just married. I had a young son, and my wife and I moved to Virginia to pursue uh, uh, mm-hmm. our military career. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a part of the Quartermasters. Uh, that's a logistical organ- uh, mm-hmm. organization. They're beautiful. And uh, from there on, uh, graduated from that. and. Uh, got prepared to train for uh, heading to Ranger, and I became a rigger using that time to get in shape. What's a rigger? That's a guy who packs parachutes. Ah, okay. Uh, you pack the parachutes for our jumpers, and, uh, you know, I, it was pretty exciting. I mean, it's rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even realize there were people that did that in the Army mm-hmm. until yeah. I, I was stationed there at uh, Fort Lee, Virginia, and they have a whole school there. And so I decided to become a part of that. And I, went I mean, to, you can't make a mistake when you're doing that. Yeah, right? you're, you're, you're not allowed. Pressure There's no mistakes. Yeah, no mistakes, guys. You <laughs> got to do it right. Zero mistakes. Keep in mind, though, there is a reserve parachute that's uh, yeah. on those guys. However, we had packed that, too. So. <laughs> that's right. That's where I was going next. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. So, But it's exciting. So we uh, left from there and went on to, uh, be, uh, to Ranger training, uh, and the rest is history. Started my career. Of course, I served in Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Uh, wow. Well, I know you're, you, you're highly decorated. We don't, we don't need to go through all your stars sure, and medals, sure. but, but you have a license plate. Yes, yes. That was pr- pretty unique. Matter of fact, uh, Governor Edwards, um, he is also an Army Ranger. And it was kind of him. Uh, my brother, Kenny Ray Cox, is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Cox. He's the state representative. From uh, Natchitoches? Yes. That's I my know oldest Kenny. Bro- yeah, yeah, Kenny's my course, oldest brother. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize oldest, you were, okay. Yeah, that's my oldest brother. So Kenny, I, I said, Kenny, I went to pick up a license plate from the uh, uh Department of you know vehicles, yeah. motor vehicles, and there was no Ranger license plate. He said it's impossible. We went through the book, and the lady said, "Believe it or not, we don't have one." I said, "Well, how do you get one?" And she said, "You have to get a legislator to do a bill." So I happened to knew this legislator, <laughs> yeah, <named Kenny>. yeah. <laughs> so I spoke well. to Kenny, and he um, authored a bill, and um, and when the it got approved, they unanimously, mm-hmm. and then the license plates for Rangers for the first time in Louisiana it was issued out. And uh, my hat's off to Governor Edwards because yeah, he yeah. chose to let me have the mm. first license plate as opposed to him. I told him this. Uh, <laughs> so I, I owe him a big one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was neat. And uh, I actually got to go to the House of Representatives and the Senate, and mm-hmm. they presented the plates there. It was pretty, pretty mo- a monumental occasion. That's remarkable. So it thankful. speaks to your connections, your, your charisma, your leadership, you know, yeah. and, and just how much you're respected and appreciated for the Governor to say, yeah, I'm going to help you out. <laughs> I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you well, look, we got uh, sitting right in front of us here. We have these uh, bottles of honey. Yeah, it's uh, local honey. Be good brothers. It says on there. Tell us, you're, this yeah. is some of the stuff you're this into. This is some of the stuff we do. Uh, I have four sons, and uh, I was observing them on a Sunday. We do Sunday dinners at our home, and they were getting along so well. I asked them, uh, "What are we going to name our bee company, guys?" And they were like. And we came up with Be Good Brothers because they're good to one another. They're <laughs> yeah, good brothers. Yeah. And That's we nice. call it Be Good Brothers. Uh, and uh, the motto is, I am my bee's keeper. Yeah. And what's unique about this, my son George is kind of the author of this because he got into this and it's become a really unique uh, process. We do, we actually process honey. We uh, provide some of the honey for some of the energy drinks with an mm-hmm. organization we work with. And uh, um, but it was a byproduct. We were really getting in this to be pollinators, and so it's been pretty uh, a lot of fun. It's um, we're growing in it. We're learning every day, uh, but it's pretty unique because it's um, 
it's really rare and the honey is pretty good. I gotta tell you, you're the first person I've ever met that said we're we're into bees. <laughs> we're yeah. really into bees. I mean, it's how unique. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, the thing about the ecosystem, you know, the bees play a vital role in our ecosystem. That's but true. Without them, mm -hmm. we're in big trouble. Well, just the progression of all the different businesses, just because you continue to say yes. So how did you get into uh, the hospice because I know you were in yeah, real estate sure. you were working with a funeral director right. I know these things just because I've known correct. you for right. a long time and then I find out you also do all these things yeah. but how did you get into hospice because well you know I'll tell you my uh, brother Tony Cox uh, passed away at the age of 37 and I was so broken by that experience um, that I I wanted to give back I wanted to do something that wasn't selfish because everything mm -hmm. you do a lot of the times we're, we're, when you're young you're building your businesses you're growing with your families you're just trying to be the best version of yourself you can be mm -hmm. but the reality is sometimes we we neglect to give back in a sense to help other people to come up mm -hmm. and uh, when my brother passed away he had thousands of people at his funeral uh, he was a dare officer he graduated from uh, Louisiana Tech top of his class and uh, chose to be a dare officer, a police officer, sheriff. Mm -hmm. And that was a big decision, but uh, wow. it was just beautiful to see what kind of legacy he left behind. Mm -hmm. He has four beautiful children, they're all doing well. Um, and from that experience, uh, I decided I want to start volunteering. And I just so happened to uh, be working with uh, some, some hospice folks and they asked, well, hey, why don't you come and volunteer with us? So I actually started going out volunteering, like I would go out, read Bible, peep, take yeah. people places okay. and all that. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, I was working in the capacity as a chaplain with them and all of that. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, uh, what came out to be one day, two days, three days, I was working just about every day giving back to uh, this organization. It was bought out by another organization and uh, all of a sudden, um, you know, we grew from that to become a pretty massive organization in mm -hmm. the uh, in Louisiana. And um, you know, I how hard is that? Is that hard to work? It's in it's, it's a tough work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, we founded uh, uh, St. Mark Hospice and Palliative Care, which is uh, doing very well. Uh, I named it after Mark Akins, which is mm -hmm. one of my very very best friends in this world. He passed away in a car accident, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Hospice is one of the unique processes of taking a holistic approach, meaning right. you got chaplains, social worker, nurses, CNAs, physicians, nurse practitioners, mm -hmm. volunteers. They're all engaged in this process of helping one transition from this life to the next life, the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an honor. And I believe that wow. people should be, uh, it's almost like you ought to be chosen for that work. Because you never get a chance to make a mistake because you get one chance to get it right So I always tell people who work with me in this industry you have to do it right the first time guys yeah. because well, it's kind of like tagging a parachute. Huh? That's correct. You gotta, get it, correct. Right the first you gotta time. get it right the first time good point and so um, From that you grow and you learn you become a mm -hmm. part of these folks family you become right. to uh, nurture them and love on them and it's a beautiful beautiful ministry well, it's and a, I'm, it's I'm honored life, to be a part in the life situation and my mother went through hospice so we had no idea what what to do and all of a sudden as we're at this horrible situation you're trying to what do we even do next how do we help her in her pain how do we help her these angels come into your yes, house yes and they they take the, the 
this, the fear away from you. They take the pain away from your loved one. So I would imagine that is every time I've seen different hospice situations, I'm like, this person is an angel. They just have That's such right. compassion. And uh, so I salute you for, for doing that as a volunteer. And then to get into that business, it it's definitely has to be a calling, I would yes, imagine, as, it as, really a, is. as a job. And, and what's beautiful is uh, all of my sons and my wife all work with me in that business mm. as well. Uh, matter of fact, three of my sons are nurses. Wow. Uh, so it's a real, real gift. It's a real honor uh, to work with those young men. That's a unique way, a new viewpoint you have in terms of doing this work. Yeah. I, think. Mm -hmm. I do salute, I salute you as well. It's, yes, sir. It's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. It's, it's really, it's ministry at its best. I feel like uh, if you can be humble enough to serve in that capacity mm -hmm. and give all that you have, all of you, mm -hmm. to help someone that's going through that process. It is a beautiful thing and uh, it's love, I, I say it's love at its pinnacle. It really wow. is. Now, I'm also reading here that you've created over a thousand jobs. Around yeah, here. yeah, we've, uh, the good news is we have several businesses, good Lord. We've got <laughs> home care businesses, we've got background checks, we've got, uh, oh my goodness, uh, it's just a lot, real estate, mm -hmm. different things, and we've been able to really create a lot of jobs. And the reason we're into that because I have four sons that were growing up here in mm -hmm. Shreveport, Louisiana, and we were losing our children going to other states mm -hmm. and other, right. you know, other places. That's still happening, by yeah, the way. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were after, they were wanting better mm -hmm. jobs, more money, and so I thought it was important for us to try to do what we can do here to especially keep my, it started off by just trying to keep my sons here. Mm -hmm. right. and, uh, and before you know it, it grew into something mm -hmm. that was, uh, uh, beautiful for the for the city as a whole, and uh, it's been a, it's been a real honor. I'm humbled to be able to have done such a thing, and I'm very grateful and very thankful to this community for embracing us in well, that what, way. What is that like building a business in Shreveport? Cause like you're you're not not originally from here. You say right. you went to school in Natchitoches, but you've yes, come sir. to Shreveport to to build a business, which has become a string of businesses. So, what's it like doing business in this community? Why did you choose this area? I think you know. Freeport is like the third largest city in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. It has a great infrastructure. Uh, it has uh, some great platforms in which you can launch a business from. Mm -hmm. And my theory is if um, what I learned here is that um, I worked really well with uh, you know, city councils and, and uh, commissions and all of that. So I learned mm -hmm. to navigate the process and, and forge some really wonderful relationships with people mm -hmm. over the years that could help us to perpetuate even other businesses to get us where we wanted to be. But our goal um, was about trying to help others do better. And in that effort, um, wow, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm almost amazed of how it's grown like this. Mm -hmm. And now my sons are all, they're grown men. And they're yeah. now moving on and beginning to start their families. And this place, uh, it's not a foreign land to us, it's home. Mm. And, uh, and we're doing all we can to make this home a place where others can call home. Because Sripo is a beautiful place. Uh, mm -hmm. it, has, uh, it has great resources. We just have to uh, capture them and, and take advantage of what it is. But it really boils down to relationships. Sitting here talking to you, I would think uh, any place where you are would be a beautiful place. <laughs> That's just, I appreciate the, you. just the, yeah. your attitude on, well, on life. You know, I, I think we have to remain positive in whatever we do. Um, and we've had some challenging times here. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, it's really up to us to take the next step. Right. We must be what I call economic engine drivers for the community. Yeah. Well, you're so encouraging because I, I meet you. I've met you before, and you're 
very distinguished, kind of quiet guy in the corner. They usually call on you to do the prayer. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, and then I go to your office and I'm like, man, what in the world are you into? And you're like, everything. <laughs> but some of it is from just, I, I think it's encouraging that you'll have your business and then you find a need. And if you have a challenge getting it, you just create a business for it. Like, That's you know, your background check. Right. Tell me about the background we were check business. Well, we were paying thousands of dollars to do background checks. And so I asked my son, Ryan, I said, uh, uh, how can we better this situation and minimize cost. And so he started researching him and Adam and they were looking into it and before you know it, uh, DataQuest Research and Investigative Services came alive and- That's uh, the name of your company. You said that slowly and- uh, DataQuest Research and Investigative Services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, a mouthful. Uh, it, it really yeah. is. We ended up going to the state becoming uh, certified and all of that to do the background checks. And of course, the legislature laws change and so you have to go through a certified company nowadays. So who do you, who do, you do background checks Ooh, for? Lord, we do for- Well, that was the neat thing. You did it for yourself. Self, yeah, like, we, we're just gonna save money. That's all we was interested in. And you in. become okay. certified, and suddenly the laws change, and now everyone has to yeah, come to you, you because yeah, you're one of the few the, certified the, background there's checkers. There's a lot of, yeah, so those companies and myself got involved. So we've done it. We do Southern University, the universities, we do hospitals, you name it we can do it uh, mm. and it is just wow. it kind of got out of control there because we were like <laughs> this was not our intent but i've always learned that if you do things that help mankind mm -hmm. you're going to benefit if you do things that can solve problems you're going to be the benefactor of it uh, mm. i've never done very well when i sit down and brainstorm about we're going to start this business and we're going to make a lot of money it never worked for me but if mm. i've always if i meet a need it has always been a game changer Hmm. When opportunity meets preparation, Absolutely. something like that. That's correct. Yeah. It's been a game changer in, in a good way, you know. So I always people go, well, how do you manage, how did you do the success? I mean, it's simple. Just try meeting needs and solving problems. That's your answer. Wow. Well, and when you talk about the meeting needs and solving problems, I know that kind of your passion project, now that you've become so successful, but you come from such, you know, um, humble beginnings, now I know that you're involved in some different things to try to pass that along and, and, and help the community. So what are some of your passion projects, things you're doing? To yeah, we've, uh, I've served as chairman of United Way. I've mm -hmm. served as uh, chairman of the Strategic Action Council. Uh, mm -hmm. Shreveport Bolger Rescue Mission served as chairman of that. I'm a part of the Red Cross, mm -hmm. uh, the Boy Scouts of America. Uh, I've been a part of the um, Fulton, what, we, what is, it wasn't called Fulton back then, it was called the um, Habitat for Humanity. Oh. Okay, yeah. And all of that. So uh, I've worked with Serlin University. We put together a um, uh, incubator for uh, to help with food trucks, culinary, and all of this. Uh, Where do you find time to harvest the honey? There's <laughs> only 24 hours in a day, well, right? The good news is I have four sons, and they're committed <laughs> to the process. That's now that's cool. That, you know, your, fir your first thing you were passionate about was keeping your kids here, which is something it. we all need to yeah. do. Uh, not need to do, but I think I think it's great, and the reason we're highlighting the good things in our community is to give people hope to stay here, that the hope that there is a brighter future, and there's a pretty good future now. How do you see that, by the way? We talk, you talked about you wanted to keep your sons at home, you wanted to try to create an atmosphere where people can stay in the state, not go out of state and seek better jobs, more money, et cetera, and we know that this is, there's still an out-migration problem in Louisiana. Correct. Uh, the things that you're doing will probably help to assuage some of that, but uh, do you see that on a, on a more macro scale? Um, do you see that changing in Louisiana? It has to change. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like um, sometime in life, 
we don't have a choice. We have to make the transition. And I think in order to save this incredible state that we live in, we've all have to play a role. And believe it or not, if, if we all took our part in this and we collaborated together as a group and we all just said, here's the goal, we have to unite. If we unite, we're so much stronger together. Mm -hmm. And if we unite, if we're not caught up in black, white, this religion, that religion, and if we unite as a people, there's nothing but growth and good things are gonna happen from that. But we've gotta be willing and we've gotta be committed and we've gotta be steadfast and say, hey, look, no matter what, I'm gonna fight this fight. And if we stay mm -hmm. convinced of that and we uh, reach out to our other colleagues and families, that's what's so beautiful about uh, Committee of 100, you have these influential people that are getting together. And what we have to learn, though, we have to get to the grassroots of the problem. Yeah. We've got to get down to the basis. We can't solve these issues by just throwing money at it. We've got to solve it by engaging with yeah. the people who are there on the ground level. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found my greatest success is, has been working with people on the ground level, getting out with them and asking them, for instance, in my business, I go out, I don't ask my administrative team and staff what would make us better and change and, and be more productive. I go to the ground level folks and say, hey, what do you think we can do better here? To mm -hmm. make, and they are honest about it. Yeah. They will tell you the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah, and they will lay it out for you. And so what you do, mm -hmm. you take that information, you don't bottle it up. No, you put it into action and you begin to formulate a positive method of change. And when you do that, guess what? Things get better. Wow. That's just the law awesome. of the land. If you're willing right. to do that, but we as, a, as an organization, as a people, mm -hmm. as a community, if we would just come together in that mm -hmm. aspect, we could change this trajectory overnight. Absolutely. And I believe that with all yeah. of my heart. Amazing what people can do when they come together. Absolutely. Do you think there's too much of that attitude of just throw some money at it and uh, then turn around and walk away? I, I think so. I, I think, uh, let me give you an example. Um, gosh, I was in a meeting and we were talking about resources and moving monies to do this and that. And um, uh, Curtis Joseph brought up the fact that we want to take some kids to watch a movie and the king, King Richard. Mm -hmm. and That's a good movie, Jeff. It's a really yeah. good movie. I've not seen it, but I've it's heard a, nothing but good things great about movie. it. Great yeah. movie, and we were talking about, you know, we could do this and do that. Here's the thing that I want to point out. When you come from a place of nothing, where you have no money, and you, you, you there's, there's no money, there's no jobs, the schooling, education, you're in a place where the education isn't that great, what do you have left if you're here? And I'm not talking, there's levels to this thing. What happens mm -hmm. if you're here? If you're that person here, let me tell you what, the, what you have, that you, that you bank everything you've got on, is faith and hope. And without mm -hmm. faith and hope, you don't, ha you don't see your way out of it. Right. But first of all, you have to have faith enough, and mm -hmm. then you have to have hope. And I believe we've underestimated the power of hope. Mm. Because I'm telling you, right. hope was the invisible strand of faith that pulled me and my family out of the grips of degradation, I'm telling you. Mm. It, was, uh, it was my mother's prayer. It was hope. Mm. Because when you don't have anything else, what do you have yeah. other than hope? That's interesting. And this is, I'm, I'm, this is a stretch, this story. But uh, I don't, I'm a comic book superhero fan, dude. <laughs> yes, and, uh, uh, so this latest Batman movie that came out, I, a lot of people thought it was great. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I hated it. It was dark, <laughs> and it was just. And they and uh, all my friends go, well, why do you hate? Why don't you like it? Because they all thought it was cool. And I went, there's no, there's no hope in this movie. There's mm. no positivity whatsoever. It's just dark, and it mm. just felt like. 
it's going to stay that way, you know. That's I mean, right. Just, I, I just it was uncomfortable to watch it, mm. and so I quit watching it. But I think hope is a very it's powerful. Power, well, yeah, we uh. talk about hope and motivation. One guy says, "Well, you talk about hope and motivation." Well, I look at it like taking a bath. If you take it, if you stop taking a bath, you begin to stink. You gotta, you gotta have <laughs> yeah. hope. You gotta believe. And when you would, when you're there, if you're that person, if you've mm. ever been there, there's nothing like a grandmother that came comes to you and say, "It's going to be all right," because. I believe in you, mm. or a teacher that gives you that moment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. I remember uh, Mr. Uh, Murray told me once that he believed in me and that I could do this because I was a hor I was afraid of getting in front of people. I don't li I didn't like to talk mm -hmm. because I was I had a problem with my tongue. I had to have this thing cut because I couldn't speak very well. I always wow. twisted my words up and stuttered, mm -hmm. and I was always ashamed and afraid. Mm. And I remember. Getting out of that shell, he helped me come out, and uh, and he gave me a voice. He gave me the voice, and I love mm. him to this day. He's nearly a hundred wow. years old. Wow, still mm. doing fine, Mr. Murray. Roy Murray is a wonderful man, but he gave me hope. He gave he he believed in me. Right, and that's sometimes all we need is someone mm -hmm. to believe in us because the belief turns into this measure of productivity that forces us to. It's, it's like a guy that's in a big deep well. And uh, you just do all you can mm -hmm. to get out. But yeah. sooner or later, someone has to throw you a rope. Well, people underestimate the influence and power that a great teacher can have, right. a great coach, and a great businessman who yes. has come from nothing. I mean, you should not have, you told me yesterday, you said, I should not have I'm not supposed anything, to be here. You know? No, sir. Not but supposed you have, to be so here. you're an example. Uh, but now it's hard to people to see how can I make that leap to go from a horrible beginning to where you are now, they, they, it's hard for people to see that leap. So you talk about hope, but you also, I know you're creating the legacy retreats, right. uh, which you're super excited about, got me yeah, excited yeah. about it, to help meet those kids where they're at. Yeah, we, what, um, what does that look like? The goal is... Because, um, you, and I just keep going because you're no, so impressive, man. No, I, somebody, Everyone needs to do their part, but you've done the part of like a hundred people. Well, you know, let me say this. One of the things that I tell my sons consistently and, I'll, and I said to you on yesterday, one of the things that I've learned that as you are elevated, the one thing you need to never, ever forget is your, to be draped in humility. Mm. Yeah. I believe there's a place for humility in everything that we do. So uh, folks will say, well, you know, I've not heard of this guy. Well, I'm not interested in being heard or known. Mm -hmm. That's not my goal. My goal is, is to be the caveman that does the work behind the scene because at the end of the day, the accolades really don't matter. It's what we do in the long run that's going to hold up when we're long gone. So that's why wow. Legacy uh, Retreat has become something huge for us because out there we've got, this is going to be, this is insane, but we've got chickens. We provide about a thousand, nearly a thousand eggs a month to Christian services. We give them to them. Um, we have the honeybees that are doing what they do out there. And as well as um, we have these hoops that we've created to create aquaponic and hyperponic grow fish and mm -hmm. all of this we're into that and we're, um, we're we're learning more and more about the process we've got stables where we have animals and gardens and things like that mm -hmm. where um, we want to and then we have a place where you can come out and we can train children it's like an institute and then there's places where they can also stay there we've got kitchens for culinary and all of that and our goal there is to try to introduce our children that can come in and visit with us. And all of this is, we've developed, we're about 80% done. And our goal is, is to bring children who are, uh, hadn't had the experience, disadvantage or, or advantage, it really doesn't matter, people that just haven't had a chance 
to know what it's like. We want to expose them to this. Mm. We just want exposure because there's things that um, that I got introduced to that I was like, wow, I never heard of that. You know, when you go mm -hmm. in the military, mm -hmm. you get to go overseas and you see other cultures True. and the way they do things are so unique. And so I was just like, if we could just create a small uh, incubator, a small right. moment where we can share with people, especially these children, who knows? Think about it. We want to reach the masses, but I'm just one person and we've touched thousands and thousands of lives. Mm. Thank God. You know, it's just it doesn't take a lot. You don't know who that moment may impact. We don't know who that could be. Who, maybe that's the next Steve Jobs or the Bill Gates. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I believe we have to be hopeful and faithful enough to uh, believe it's possible. Hopefully that's another Jerome Cox. <laughs> you are an amazing guy. I, I, I've you, got to tell you, you're an amazing guy. I knew your brother, but I didn't know He's you. He's a wonderful man. Well, you know, he was my, my oldest brother, uh, Representative uh, Kenny Ray Cox, is, uh, is my mentor. Uh, he's... Uh, He's my, that's like my father, yeah. because we didn't grow up with a father, and he was such a impactful guy, you know. This guy ends up becoming mm. a lieutenant. That's why we went to the military, behind him, because yeah. I mm. saw a path. Mm. And uh, he's, uh, he's an amazing human being, and uh, he's a much better guy than me. <laughs> he's the real I don't deal. know about that, but I think, I <laughs> think you're both just, pretty amazing, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. Absolutely. So, so wow. how do kids find out about this? What, is right. this a, is this a, a week long camp in the summer? How, uh, how does it? You know, we're work? we're we're developing that process mm -hmm. right now because we're finishing all of the structural and infrastructure things. Mm -hmm. But our intent is is that we would like to have it where people can come out and it can be at least a three or four day event where the children come out because we got a swimming pool, we got all of this stuff out here where mm -hmm. kids can do activities, ride horses, mm -hmm. and all of that. But um. And the, and the good news is we want to do it without having to have a burden of expense to these children. Sure. Mm. So if, if some kids or adults even want to get in touch with you, or talk to you about a job or some of the services you provide, how do they do that? Yes, you can uh, reach us at uh, Erico 318. Oh, uh, he's got a phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has a phone number anymore. Man. You got to have a website. That's right. <laughs> Well, you I actually. No, I'm you, sorry. Go ahead with the. Well, you could, yeah, you could go. The, well, the uh, the website. Well, if you, we have an email account, we, don't, we unfortunately we all of our uh, inner workings don't require all of this. Uh, our referrals don't come from a bunch of people. It comes from hospitals and businesses. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And as we've, that's what's key about building your business. Make it where it's self-sustaining, where you're not having to have all of this outside mm -hmm. to help you be productive. You need to build an inside corridor that allows you to work within and all of the inner workers allow you to be productive here and there. And this business helped that business sure. and all that. And it, it also can't always be about money. Can't always be yeah. about money. Yeah, go ahead and finish that. Phone but number. anyway, that phone uh, the fault number is Erico 318-236-9000. 236-9000. That's correct. And they can get in touch with you. Or they can get in, call that number. You can get in contact with us. Uh, or uh, or you can actually, uh, our uh, email is... Uh, we care is a uh, drcox we w e k r c a r e at gmail.com. Say that again. Drcox we w e k r c a r e at gmail.com. All right, very good. Doctor Cox, we care at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And this has been a Come pleasure. On. Yes, sir. Thank you so it, it very much. It really has been, been a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you very much. What a much. thrill. Thank I you, told sir. you. Yeah, you were. Come on, you man. weren't kidding me, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks, All right, that is, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, that uh, and thank you for joining us for this podcast of Good to Know Shreveport Bossier, brought to you by the Committee of One Hundred and KTBS TV. Remember to tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. We'll have new content every other Wednesday morning, 
And for more information, you can check us out at goodtoknowsb.com. So have a good day. Let's 318. All yeah, no, no, we, no, no, no. We have a website here. <laughs> Let's all continue to make Shreveport Bossier the best oh, it can be. Man. And all of this is good to know.